0: I read from Matthew 22, verses 15 through 22. Then the Pharisees went and plotted to entrap him in what he said. So they sent their disciples to him along with the Herodians saying, Teacher, we know that you are sincere and teach the way of God in accordance with with truth, and show deference to no one, for you do not regard people with partiality. Tell us then what you think. Is it lawful to pay taxes to the emperor or not? But Jesus, aware of their malice, said, Why are you putting me to the test? you hypocrites, show me the coin used for the tax. And they brought him a denarius. Then he said to them, whose head is this and whose title? They answered, the emperors. Then he said to them, give therefore to the emperor the things that are the emperor's and to God the things that are God's. When they heard this, they were amazed, and they left him and went away. This text says that the Pharisees wanted to trap Jesus. So they sent people to Jesus to ask one of those have you stopped beating your wife kind of questions They asked Is it lawful to pay taxes to the emperor or not And if he said yes the Jewish community would be upset with him If he said no the Roman government could arrest him Actually he said Show me the coin The coin to pay the tax was the denarius. The Jews weren't even supposed to have one in their possession. It would be like you're walking up to someone on the street and saying, Show me a bag of heroin. And they pulled one out. The Jews had copper coins for daily use. They bore no graven image. So to get into the text, let's talk about coins for a bit. The first coin minted in our country was minted in 1776. It was fully authorized by the Continental Congress. Benjamin Franklin, provided the basic design for this pewter penny. It was inscribed with a Latin word, I'll spell it because I can't pronounce it, F-U-G-I-O. The word means I fly. The word was paired with an image of a sundial to depict time flies. The coin also bears the phrase, mind your business. Now, what's that mean? Could it mean good advice to small, small business owners? Or the words of a cranky mint worker telling others to buzz off like mind your own business? Who knows? What is clear It is this sassy slogan hasn't hurt the the coin's value today. One of those coins could be sold today for at least $1,500, which is a lot more than they were worth after the Revolutionary War. I have an ancestor, Captain Joseph Hayes, who mortgaged his farm to outfit a company of soldiers for the war. After the war, he was paid in continental dollars, and because it was worthless then, he lost his farm. Incidentally, today is the 114th reunion of the descendants of Captain Joseph Hayes. Over here in Lawrenceburg, Indiana. Dorothy and I went once. We weren't serving a church that Sunday. Look at a typical American coin. I gave you a nickel. And you will see the words e pluribus unum. This is Latin for from many one. This sounds like a noble sentiment describing the unity of the 50 diverse states. But the truth is that our founding fathers stole these inspiring words from the title page of a British book, which was published every year. It was a collection of articles, and the slogan meant from many magazines, one book. What does your money say to you? So what's in your wallet to steal a well-known commercial? What does your money say to you? I fly, mind your business, e pluribus unum, in God we trust, What coin Jesus was to give? He said, give to the emperor the things that are the emperors and to God the things that are God's. The Pharisees are trying to catch him in a trap when they send their disciples to him along with the followers of King Herod they tried to bait the trap with some lame flattery, saying, teacher, we know that you are sincere and teach the way of God in accordance with the truth and show deference to no one for you do not regard people with partiality. Well, it doesn't work, he sees through it. Jesus is aware of what they're trying to do And is definitely on guard when they say, tell us then what you think. Is it lawful to pay taxes to the emperor or not? The trap has been set. And Jesus is going to have to move nimbly to avoid springing the trap. Jesus says, why are you putting me to the test, you hypocrites? Jesus knows they are asking about a particular tax that can be paid only in Roman coin. The problem is, the coin contains an image and an inscription, Tiberius Caesar, August August son of the divine Augustus, high priest. This statement is considered blasphemous to devout Jews, If you say yes, he alienates the Jewish nation. If he says no, he risks arrest by the Romans. It's a lose-lose proposition they're trying to pitch. Jesus sees a way out. He asks the disciples of the Pharisees for the coin used for the tax. And they give him one. We need to note that the Pharisees are in possession of blasphemous coin. But Jesus doesn't have one. Jesus asks, whose head is this? And whose title? They reply, wondering what he is getting at. The emperors. Then, in one quick move, he slips completely out of the trap. Give therefore to the emperor the things that are the emperor's and to God the things that are God's. In answer to this way, he gives them an indirect yes. He implies that paying tax is not against the Jewish law, but then he goes beyond that question and he says that what is God's Must be given to God. Loyalty to God is on a different and much higher level of importance than simple earthly loyalty to the emperor. The questioners then realize this has been, that they have been outsmarted. Jesus has escaped the trap and they leave and go away. There's certainly a lot of meaning to be found in money. Jesus knows that money is a major factor in shaping our lives. He focuses on it a great deal in his ministry. In fact, his focus on money is second only to the kingdom of God and greater than his focus on love. For Jesus, money is to be used to pay taxes to the emperor, but also to advance God's work in the world. Money for him is never an end in itself. It's not a treasure to be socked away like the continental penny for 242 years until it has grown in value to $1,500. What would we be the point of that? Nobody's going to live 242 years to reap the value. And you can't take it with you. As the saying goes, you never see a hearse pulling a U-Haul. The meaning of money is that it's an asset. It's a resource for us to put to work in the world. If you listen very closely, your money isn't saying, I fly, mind your business, or e pluribus unum. Instead, it's saying, use me. This is a stewardship sermon, so it needs to be said that good stewards are people who use the resources they have been given to advance the interests of their master in this world. Everything that we have has been given to us by God in some means. It is a wild gesture of generosity. It's true. We don't have to give some coins to the, it's sure we do have to give some coins to the emperor. Death and taxes have been two of life's certainties at least since the time of Jesus. Beyond this, we have a great deal of freedom to exercise in the use of our assets. And it is good for us to learn how to be generous with the money we have. Sam Lloyd, former Dean of Washington National Cathedral, has some tremendous insights in stewardship. He makes the point that since we live in a consumer culture We need help in learning how to be generous. He says the poor can help us since they tend to practice greater generosity than many of the rich. I agree with Dean Lloyd's statement. When we served a small church in Colorado Springs, we had a family with a small child who had friends in similar circumstances. They were very poor. They all helped one another. If one family had something that another family needed, they would share. The church gave them a bundle of diapers. And they said, I'm sorry, we can't use those because they break our child out in a rash. But we have friends who can Some of you have witnessed this kind of sharing firsthand. When you went to a mission field and people who had very little showed you and showered you with food and gifts. Almost to the embarrassment that you had. The Bible can help us since it recommends the tithe. Money is an important part of our spiritual life. And we need to exercise our beliefs, not only with our words, but also with our wallets. So what's in your wallet? What is it saying to you? And how are you going to use it? Through the ministries of the congregation, we shape the hearts and the minds of our own people and the people in another part of the community and of the world. Next Sunday, we will witness harvesting our corn, the sale of which will help people in third world countries become self-sufficient and help others to live a better life. Take a look at the coin that you were given when you entered. Look on the side with the face. On the left you will read not Tiberius Caesar, Augustus, son of divine Augustus high priest. Instead are the words in God we trust. Now look on the other side above the date of minting and you will see the word liberty. And God we trust is a challenge to us to rely on our good and gracious God. And to believe that God will care for us in the future as God has cared for us in the past. Liberty reminds us that we are free to be gracious in our giving as faithful stewards of the great abundance that the Lord has given us. In a loving and generous God, we trust with liberty to support God's work in the world. That's the meaning of money. Amen.